infrastructure is crumbling and the problems are only getting worse. The pressure to find solutions is hot. Let's talk about why American cities have no water, no electricity, and no money to fix their infrastructure problems. Welcome to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast, hosted by Chad Smelter. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast. Today's guest is Jeff Pratt, who is the Ventura County Public Works Director. Thanks for joining me, Jeff. Oh, thanks. Nice to be here. Jeff, uh, one of the things we do on the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast is learn about your history, your past. So what made you want to get into public works? Well, I kind of stumbled into it. I was in the private sector and uh, the chance to work for a public agency came up and I took it and I realized uh, immediately how rewarding the public sector could be. Um, you know, it's it's cradle to grave sort of project. Uh, you know, but you know, there's a problem. You got to develop a solution or or not. You got to get it constructed. You got to maintain it. I mean, in the uh, private sector, I was just seeing small pieces of that chain of events, right? And really, never got a, a feel for it. So. I enjoyed it at the beginning, and I uh, once I went to the public sector, I never went back. Okay, nice. And how long have you been a public works director? Uh, public works since two thousand eight. So if I do the math right, I suppose that's about what uh, fifteen years or more, right? Something yeah, like yeah. That's that's a long time. So you were saying at the beginning of this that you handle uh, other departments, other districts, things like that. Can you elaborate on that? I certainly can. So the way our our Department set up or agency we call it. We are it's comprised of five departments. So we have the, you know the classics roads and transportation. Uh, we have uh, waterworks and sanitation. We have something called flood control here, and that's a you know it's, it's basically stormwater, uh, but it's in a it, here it's a big business. I can tell you why if you like it in this part of the world. Um, and then we have the vertical construction stuff. You know uh, all of our buildings, uh, which uh, it's significant. Um, and then the, the inside the engineering services department, we have uh, the land use grading, all that other, you know, so kind of classic. And then the last department is just one that is central to all the others, so physical, workplace safety, uh, human resources, et cetera. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a fun. Yeah, our, our, we got about 400 people, annual budget somewhere between the, 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 uh, op, the operating budget in that $275 million, our capital running. Uh, Close to four hundred million a year. Wow, that that is that is busy. A lot of people to manage too. Yeah, I think we're probably medium sized, you know, nationwide. I don't know, but yeah. you know, relatively speaking, you know, you've got huge places like New York and L.A., and then you got really small places that you know, it's one public works person. Right? So yeah, yeah, no doubt. That. So, what's the population of the county? It's right around eight hundred and eighty thousand, eight hundred seventy thousand. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're over nine hundred yet. Yeah, we're not quite a million. Yeah, that's that's busy. That's 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 good. So, what did you do before you got into the director's role? Did you start somewhere out of college? How that how that go? Oh yeah. So I, I've worked as a structural engineer. I, I well, I was uh, I worked on climate change for the first few years of my career, which hmm. was uh, I, I don't want to tell you how far back that was, but it was in the early days. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, structural engineering, I wanted to be outside. Um, and um, so I, I started a structural firm and then I uh, eventually found the uh, public sector and just have worked for a couple of cities and a couple of counties since. And um, I just 
my for myself, that was rewarding. That was you know the public sector is a very rewarding uh, sector to be in. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's a busy place, that's for sure. And bringing a, a structural engineer background probably gave you a lot of insights on all the infrastructure that you're dealing with now. Oh yeah, so yeah, the structures uh, for the public sector definitely gave me a leg up. I, I'm sort of self-taught on hydraulics, hydrology, which is a big important part of you know, storm uh, water quality, um, uh, flood control, and a lot of what we do here. Um, but um, uh, you know, we have experts in all of those areas. You know, basically, I'm an administrator now, so yeah, I, I, you know, I probably I don't even trust myself with math anymore. <laughs> That's fine. Well, they have AI to do that now, so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> right? Uh, so, okay, then you went to college at uh, in St. Louis, I thought it was? Oh, I did. Washington University, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of proud of that. I kind of stumbled there. I started at the University of Colorado and then Washington University offered me a scholarship. And it, it's a noteworthy school, and I took it and... And it was easy to find work in the St. Louis area right out of, you know, coming out of that university because it has a great reputation locally. Yeah. Did and, you? Uh, and so, yeah, that, that was, uh, they had a structural engineering emphasis there. Their engineering department at the time was small. I think it's grown quite a bit. But, okay. um, uh, you know, it was a great, it, the difference between a state school and a private school was remarkable, right? So, changing right. from the University of Colorado, where it's basically you better survive, right? You know, big classes. Uh, nobody's interested in your survival. A lot of them are taught by graduate students. At least they were at the time. So yeah. a private school where you're getting, you're interested in your survival and your viability, and you wouldn't be there if you weren't, uh, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. So they don't have to worry about weeding you out. Right. And so there, everybody was interested in you being successful. I really, really had a great experience at Washington University. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. And and having that experience, probably when you went into engineering, uh, I was going to say, had that helped you with the your structural engineering kind of you know getting into it, or did you have to learn from scratch uh, straight out of college? Well, no, they we could dive into depth in the undergraduate uh, arena, right? Uh, with okay. your materials folks, your structural engineers, they were always there to help. I mean, it, it was just. Got it remarkable to me the difference between you know that the state school system in my experience and then the private school system that was my first uh, ever private school uh, essentially right so Got i had it. no idea what it was like so yeah i'm fine with them sending a lot of money to yeah they, they i thank them for where i am yeah that, there's no doubt that having that background that education has been very helpful i'm sure right now in the position you've held as the director's for 15 plus years now. Oh, it was, it was well-rounded too. That was another, yeah. Thing. yeah that, that, you know, so it allowed me to uh, kind of, you know, I, I, you know, we actually had courses on how to present to people. Um, and oh, really? that was, you know, that was unusual, uh, remarkable at the time. You know, I think it's there here now, you know, this, we're going back 40 years here, right? So the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, um, the 40 plus, I suspect, yeah. But the, um, you know, they really um, gave you a well-rounded, uh, and like I said, I walked out of school right into a job. It was fairly easy. And yeah. I never had trouble finding work uh, in our in our field, you know, civil engineering, structural engineering. Yeah. Did you have it a mentor or any kind of uh, influential person in your life then? 
Oh, I did. Um, yes, yeah, not to mention, there were a few professors that really I admired and helped me along and and um, and convinced me that I should stay in the structural engineering arena when I was thinking about, uh, you know, electrical and other things. And then I had one really great mentor who was the vice president, McDonald Douglas, who just happened to move in next door to me. Um, uh, it was a strange series of events, but that person was uh, enormously eventful in my life. And one of the things they told me, which I think is uh, at that time, which has now become sort of just the standard for the younger generations, that, and this is, uh, I'm talking mid-80s here, where this person is telling me, you should change jobs every three years. You know, that's just, and every third move should be a big step up, right? Okay. And I followed that advice right up until the time I got to Ventura County. And when I got here, you know, I planned on a five-year stint, and then I'm out, right? So yeah. I bought to a school, easy house to slip, uh, you know, and here I am 23 years later uh, because it's been such a great place to work. And then as it turns out, the higher you get in, the sport and, uh, in our business, the harder it is to find jobs. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah the, the, the fewer jobs there are, excuse me. Right, yeah. right. No, you're, you're spot on. That's exactly the way it goes. So when you were moving up in those, you know, when someone recommended every three years you should, should be moving up, what were some of the challenges you had to face, you know, moving up that ladder? Well, one of the things I faced, and I think a lot of engineers face, even today, the younger and square skills, you know, they were pretty um, modest about what we do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah so I showed um, this person my resume and my cover letter. Uh, and uh, they flipped it in, in a couple of hours. What are you doing? You're not talking about your accomplishments. Yeah, no, that's you know that's in the past, right? We're we're going forward. Uh, you know, yeah. engineers do that. You know, the uh, uh, in my experience, we're trained to do for a nickel what any fool could do for a dollar, right? And, and yeah. so there's, we don't take special credit for that. Well, that's a mistake that I found. And we crow about the savings that we bring to the table in our arena now. But yeah. back then, you know, I had no idea that was the way to operate. So that was one of the things that person helped me with. Cover letter, yeah. here's the three things you need to say in the cover letter. Leave all this other stuff out. It's two paragraphs and out. And I started getting calls right away. I mean, this person was remarkable. Yeah. You're a, a futuristic. You you had the vision. You know, where well, you I, I think to that person, yeah, that, I can't take full credit. That person just knew what he was doing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, at, at that level, he was he was a fellow at McDonnell Douglas as well, which meant that he had created something of such special value uh, uh, that uh, he was he was essentially unfireable. That's yeah. That's uh, that's a position you want to be in for sure. Is unfireable in most situations, I would assume. Yeah, right. And then so he was I, last of that generation that could, um, I think, commit to an organization for a lifetime career, right? And yeah. he would realize that that was changing in the world, and that's what he shared with me. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. That that, that had to be inspiring to to what you're doing now. And I see the culture you guys have. I see everything you're doing online. There's the posts that you do on social media and, and your website. You know, all that is. I want to work for you guys in venture. I, I'm like looking at. It, I'm like, man, this is a great place to work. So, how have you been able to keep up the culture? Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So. Um, well, first of all, it doesn't come overnight, right? Yeah. You, you got You got to consciously work at it, and, and when you start saying culture to engineers, they kind of turn off, right? So the uh, yeah. uh, it, it, it's been a long journey, but you know, and, and some of it's very basic, and and I'll, I'll I'll say it mission statement, right? Very basic, but yeah. very necessary. 
And then you got to walk the talk. You know, there's got to be symmetry between what you're saying and what you're doing, and then your expectations of folks, right? And one of the bigger things that we did was we brought, you know, what engineers I believe are good at, and, and most of the folks in our organization, whether they're engineers or chemists, biologists, accountants, all, I mean, this culture that we created um, relies heavily on trust. Yeah. And, and this trust is basic. It's the foundation of everything else we're trying to build. And creating that culture of trust, we were doing in parallel with uh, creating a transformational culture, which was um, we did with a uh, process improvement uh, methodology. We used Lead Six from Toyota um, yeah. because the board had adopted that as a countywide standard, but they left it as a voluntary action for the various agencies. And well, Public Works jumped in with both feet. Now, why do we do that? We, I, I started to say, and I ran off the, the I ran down a rabbit hole that we were um, we're all about process improvement. The problem is yeah. we don't have consistent language as an engineer, right? So right. Um, you may be talking past each other. And as an example, I tried to do an improvement process in my capital improvement uh, project delivery um, prior to having any of that consistent language. Uh, outside consultants come in, you're, you're year in the making, a year in the implementation. There's no follow. It was miserable. And um, you bring in that common language, common tools, and everybody starts getting it. You know, you're talking it, at, you're not talking at cross purposes or past each other, and, and gradually it up. Now, um, we do culture surveys every year to see whether or not this is sticking, how far we've embedded it. So this isn't just a bunch of hot air. And yeah. we know that if we have to get to a certain level, we're at about the 74% acceptance level now. And this is after hmm. 10 years of effort. So, wow. so and we already started at like a low 20%, right? Which is not survivable. We're not right. only past the point of survivability, but we're in the point where we're approaching the world-class practitioner. And so the culture surveys, talking to people, um, uh, we have all sorts of employee recognition. We get out and talk. Uh, one of the things we've done, is, and, and tell me if I'm going too long on this. No, no, like, this is awesome. Go, go ahead. But yeah, one of the things we wanted to do was be able to walk into anybody's office and say, what is it you do for us and why is it important? Now, on the surface of that, it's an intimidating question because it sounds like you're there as management to get rid of them, right? But that's yeah. not really it. You're there to um, help them understand how important, how valuable they are to the overall process and help them develop that larger uh, uh, diameter of view, you know, not yeah. just their world, but the next world out, the next world out how they fit into things. That's been key. And um, we did that by um, uh, having them, you know, sort of use their processes, their business uh, process. Everybody owns processes. Yeah. Everybody's got sort of this workflow that, that and, and seeing if they understood that. And then we had them start throwing things overboard. You know, what is it the state tells us to do? What is it the board that the electeds tell us to do? What is it that you do because you think it's a best practice? And what is it you're just using your judgment on, you know? We're going to yeah. start throwing stuff overboard, you know, and uh, and getting down to just you know the value added stuff. So, and yeah. you know, now everybody knows the process stream. Everybody knows non-value added, value added work. You know, we have a we have a language we can talk, with, and we hold regular uh, transformational meetings. And I I, I have a, a few years left in my um, career here, but on the way out, you know, I uh, we're we're applying for um, APWA certification. Malcolm Baldridge Awards, and there's a CAPE Award in California, which is going to indicate to these folks just how far they've come and how good they are at what they do, which I think will reinforce a lot of what we've been doing over the last 
several years. Just from you telling me all about this, I, I'm like, man, there's so many public works departments throughout this country that need you <laughs> and need your counties like uh, as the golden, uh, you know, culture you know, staple, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it. But this is what we I, need out there. I appreciate that. And one of the reasons I'd like to work on the inside uh, is because, you know, you can affect change. I, I, you know, I'm not running on my own agenda here. It's from the right. board of supervisors, right? Right. But you can affect change more effectively than, than maybe working from the outside. And, and then, of course, I'm all about operations and operational efficiency and cost savings. And uh, to those elected officials who want that, this is, a, this is the way to go. It is. Yeah. From my perspective. And, you know, it, as curious as it is, I'm not sure everyone wants that as an elected official. So that, that could be part of the problem. <laughs> That's actually a good point. You know, depending on who the officials are. Yeah, it definitely right. could be an issue. But uh, but I tell you, the, if America needs something, it's culture because the labor shortages that we have and the lack of uh, value we put on employees is it's and the lack of value we're getting from employees. It's, it's just a struggle right now. You know, you see it and people are easy to jump jobs, you know, jump from one place to the other. You know, we got that going on right now. So it's it's tough out there for any public works department to just handle you know the people that they have and manage to attract other people to come on board. Absolutely. It is. And creating yeah. that positive culture where you're trusted and you know you're in a safe environment and you can try things and it, it helps us retain people. But yeah. we're also proud of those people that we've developed because a lot of people have used the skills they've developed in our arena, that those that I've been sharing with you, and they've taken it on. We've we've graduated city managers, large utility directors, public works directors uh, throughout uh, Southern California, some in Northern California. Yeah. Um, and, and we're proud of the launch, you know, and part of the speech with our folks is look, you know, you can get here and survive, and that's just fine. There's only two things you got to do to survive here. You got to do yeah. the job and get along with everybody else, right? Yeah. But if you want to thrive, we've got the tools to help you do that. And, you know, you can thrive in this organization or take it to another. We don't care. You know, right. we're here to help you because you're helping us, right? And so yeah. that's kind of a message that we, we share all the time with our folks. Yeah. But we are running uh, some high vacancies because we do graduate people. And then, like everybody else, I mean, there's a shortage of engineers and yeah. accountants and just uh, you know, the workforce. So, you know, we're not perfect, but, you know, we keep on trying. Yeah, I think that's how I, I saw your social media. And I think that's how you and I connected. I was like, I like this county, you know, just not to keep harping on it again. But it, that's exactly what drew me to you guys. I was like, oh, I love the way they're posting their employees. And and I've always told businesses this, uh, you know, that try and work with government agencies, you have to provide value to the government agency. You just can't walk in there and be like, here, I got the greatest product on the planet. You need to buy it. It's just not going to work. It's just not the way cities function. You know, they want value. They want you to be involved with the community and, and help out. You know, that's that's the goal. So. Well, in our particular case, yeah, we absolutely want value, and you're spot on. Um, in some places that I've been exposed to and or worked, you know, they're, they're looking to offload work, and and they, uh, and I think those places are becoming less and less. But yeah, yeah we get we bring in consultants and contractors and project partners, right? And here's right. a here's one of the accomplishments that I like to brag about: just the contracting environment in our county, in our particular county, not all the cities. We got yeah. ten cities, but um, it is, I mean, extraordinary. 
we've delivered over a billion dollars in capital projects under under our watch that with um, um, no claims, zero claims, wow. and running two percent average on the changeovers. Right wow. now, I will admit that we took out the client order change orders because. When you're building a hospital and they come in and want a cardiac suite after everything's approved and we're under construction, that doesn't count, right? Right. That's another twenty-five million, right? So the, uh, um, the uh, so, but you know, just from the plans and specs, two you percent, know, we can't do that. These people are are um, engaged, they're empowered, and they, there's a high trust element that causes that, and we that spreads out to the contracting community comes here. They know what they're going to get, right? And we don't have, it's not PLAs, it's not C, we, we, open shops, unions, we don't care. And the contractors know that if they don't do a good job, we're going to debar them. And I don't know if we're the only agency that, um, in the, in the California, but I believe we were at one time that has a debarment ordinance. You don't come here and do your job. And then, you know, and there's not this big change order game. So, and I attribute that to that accomplishment to the culture that we've created here and the folks that we have working within that culture yeah the, the the whole debar thing is another thing i've always tried to you know talk to public works agencies and be like you can't because the other businesses will go change their name they come back to the city rebid on something i'm like well that's the same business that you just got rid of <laughs> like so you guys uh man uh, you guys have it right at this point you know from what i'm hearing it you know with those kind of programs in place well, we, I know there are a lot of agencies will go to alternative procurement methods to hide from change orders. and, the, and right. just, We don't do that. We'll use design and construction, uh, design build when it's appropriate, but we still like the low bid. And I know you, you talk to public works directors anyway, they hit, oh, we're, you're going to get bad contractors. Well, right. There's ways of dealing with that. Oh, yeah. Good people, um, uh, good processes, good, good ordinances, right? So, um, so, and again, we're not perfect. Right, I just got another one. I mean, we're we're getting ready to debar the second one ever, um, because you know it was a low bid, and they did everything that everybody always complains about, right? Uh, so so yeah. it's not perfect, but we're doing. I mean, it's you know we keep trying. Yeah, well, um, one thing uh, I know we've got like eight more minutes, and I want to talk about climate change because you're dealing with a lot of storm water or storm just storms in general over there on the, in California. So how are you handling the climate change stuff that's going on right now? Well, in fact, that's, we keep all the water record here. We have for 150 years. So we are absolute experts at what actually hits the ground and what happens. Nice. We also have a several groundwater bases we manage. So we control a lot of the budget, surface water and groundwater, and we, we, uh, and we track the rainfall. We are the flood warning agency. You know, National Weather Service is chicken little. Hey, big stuff's coming. Everybody running high. We cannot afford to do that. We have to be very right. specific in our evacuation orders. And our website gets hundreds of thousands of hits in the yeah. winter on the on the weather stuff. I, I, I shouldn't say our website, but it's on our website. You can get to where the weather, because people know how accurate our records are. So yeah. that is to say we can, so we can go to the past, look toward the future, monitor and so, uh, and, and then make predictions. So we've taken an adaptive approach rather than uh, saying, look, you know, we've got capital improvement projects that run out, you know, into the future. We've got, we plan out about 25 plus years. And then, you know, th those are um, less certain, but, you know, five years, a certain window. And we're sliding that window along and right. there's big expenditures going on. And, you know, the, the initial climate change stuff came out, say, let's call it three or four years ago, if I remember, 
with the predicted flows and everything. And they were just hysterical. They're, they're, I mean, by that, I don't mean funny. I mean, they, they it was hysteria. Right. And so we took a look at it and we, we had, you know, in a, in a, in a noisy community and it was really risky, but we said, we got to take you know, a little more uh, a, a focused look at the information we got here. Yeah. And then a year or two later, all the federal agencies got on the same page, Corps of Engineers, NOAA, and, and things started to come down to a more reasonable level. Yeah. And then we said, here's what we're seeing at our gauges. Here's what we predict. Here's what they predict. And then we looked at the ocean, the rise, and that we don't have any information. We have to get it all from NOAA and the the, the, the sea um, stations they have. Yeah. But we went to the board and said, within this range, we're pretty confident over the next few years. And when we build stuff, we're going to build it so that we can add to it easily if we've underestimated. But we don't want, I mean, the, the extra expense right now would be huge if you did yeah. that. So, and we'll, we'll come to you every few years and adapt this plan. So that's the way we did it in public works. And, um, and so they bought into that uh, and they have uh, confidence in us. And, um, you know, we've got, I think... Our five-year plan is about, uh, it's in that 500 million range, seven, uh, maybe it might be 700 million for the yeah. capital we're investing in. So we're, we're, we're designing it to accommodate. So and what are we talking about? It's usually at the coast and it's levees, roads. Right. Um, uh, there may be some water sewer infrastructure that's affected, but uh, 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 but we have to adapt. We will. Yeah. It get worse than we think. I think you know it's the, there were a lot of perturbations at the beginning, and I think they're starting to uh, steady out, right? I love how you said that NOAA and uh, the Weather Service and all these other agencies, even the federal agencies, were coming to you guys as the you know stormwater management like experts. Saying what's going to happen when it rains? That's great. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're the flood. So you, if you look at any of the newscasts where they're talking to the National Weather Service, we're so good with our website that we don't need to talk to people. Even the news uses it. That's awesome. So NOAA, NOAA is out, or excuse me, National Weather Service is out tweeting stuff with our website on it, right? Uh, yeah. here, here's, what you, here's what you can expect, right? Yeah. So, we, yeah, we got the hydrologists and hydraulics experts here, the river yeah, mechanics people, right? Yeah. I, I have a bunch more questions, but I'm running out of time. So what's the future of Jeff Pratt and Ventura County look like? Well, we're going to complete our transformation. Or, or, complete. Well, we're on a journey. It never stops. But yeah. we're going to embed it. What I mean by complete is it's going to be so far embedded, it won't leave, right? So that means we're going to get into that 85% range. And each each time we've raised the percentage after a cold, there's been a very specific set of objectives that we've uh, um, put into place that we've accomplished. So right now, what we've done is um, we've, we've Every one of our managers now, this last step, advanced training in uh, process improvement. And in the terms of Lean Six Sigma, that means green belt training. Yeah. And in our world, we don't need black belt training for the things that we do in Lean Six. But every one of our managers comes in requirement. Everyone in the agency gets a minimum of yellow belt. Everybody gets a refresher every year. And then one of the things that we have to do is build confidence in it. And so we've got a program to show what the real accomplishments are so you know that we report out and so they can feel the difference in their jobs or everyday lives yeah. and in the way and 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 the other thing is that uh, on my way out of here is that i want to improve the place of public works in the community all i'm not talking about our agency i'm talking about yeah. all public works agencies right yeah and this has been um 
from my perspective, a tremendous help in doing that. At first, you increase it at home, right? That, and then, which is our board, our, our other agencies. And we've done that. And then you start out into the community. And that's happy, right? With the, right. And that goes through the, the various media, our social media, and the, the traditional media or classic media stuff we have here. Um, and then we work with other agencies. So if we get the, all the public works directors together inside of Ventura County. And we go through emergency exercises. We start to act more like fire and, and police working together across the agency boundaries. We're doing communication protocols, radios, um, equipment lists, uh, shared supplies, you know, uh, you know the, the mutual aid agreements. Um, but and then we go out to the larger region, right? And yeah. then, yeah. And APWA actually has gotten the message and they're starting to come down. So maybe we'll meet them somewhere in the middle. But yeah, yeah that those are, while they don't sound like much, those are two serious commitments I've made to our folks. Like we're going to complete embed this transformation and we're going to improve everybody's perception of you out there in the world, right? Yeah. I, got I hope that drags more employees our way. I tell you. I got, I got, this is all great stuff. What I want to know, Jeff, is more about like, all that is fantastic. Like, where did all that transparency and communication come from, from you guiding that? Is that something you've just known? Like, we need to leverage our resource, our digital assets, things like that. Cause that's not normal for guys to just come up with. Well, I can't take credit for all. It comes from the team. I got a team of great people around me. Yeah. When we have a meeting, it's not an echo chamber. There's creative outbursts in there. I, I know. Here's what I know how to get at. I know how to get people thinking. And I know how yeah. to get people communicating. You know, that's not easy in an engineering no. organization. It's not. That, that's my only talent. The rest of this comes from them. These are their ideas. You know, they, they share this. Chad? Oh, yeah. Nice I'm clear. yeah. But um, yeah, it, this, this isn't about. Yeah, Jeff, I mean, I can get people into a room and get them to cooperate and collaborate, but this is all there. This is what happens when we do that, right? Yeah. From my perspective. Yeah. What that that's something you just don't see often. That's why I was like, I really want to bring that out because transparency and communication, you don't see a lot of public works departments doing that. You know, they don't get out the information. You're talking about having hundreds of thousands of people going to your website. That means you have things in place digitally that people rely on and they depend on every day, which is important. And I think we fall short of that sometimes in, in America and different departments throughout the country that just don't understand how important transparency and communication really is. So, yeah, we stumbled, I don't know that we stumbled towards it, but, um, uh, you know, this was, it's been a thoughtful journey, but, you know, we weren't always here. You know, it was a, yeah. it was, it was a journey. And, and um, I'm really proud of the folks and I'm proud of being associated with this group of folks. And the great ideas just keep coming from these folks, right? I can't keep yeah. up with them. And, and, and it, um, I think it's just a result of, you know, this conscious effort. And one thing I've always been committed to, and if you're talking to public works folks, this is just, for me, it's second nature, but it's not for open and transparent. We walk around this place in our underwear. We share everything we can share, but those things we can't. Personnel records, real estate deals. There is no reason in the world, if you're doing your job, you need to be afraid of giving somebody something because the worst thing is maybe you miss something. Well, they're going to help right. you improve yourself. The best thing is you're going to gain their trust, right? So yeah. I don't, both outcomes are, are worthwhile to me. 
And I, you know, I do preach that at our folks because a lot of times they they see a, a monster that isn't there, right? And, right? and they need to just let them. It doesn't matter. They're customers, right? They're yeah, paying yeah. your salary. So let it, because we can, we let it go. That's not true for every county agency, but for us, it's easy. Yeah. Jeff, it's been a pleasure, man. Ah, oh, wow. My mind is blown on, on, on first time meeting you and having this conversation, not knowing what I was going to walk into. But wow, this is fantastic the way you're doing things in Ventura County. And, and kudos to you, man, for and your team for doing all this together. Well, thanks, Chad. Thanks for reaching out. And thanks for, for having the interview. It was fun. Yeah. Well, look, I have, all day long. I have more questions. Trust me. I think we should do another series at some point in time. But I think what I'll do is you and I will hook up and do a I'll, maybe another public works director or another person. We'll talk about culture and things because that's it's it's really needed right now. So I think you could help out a lot of people do you know just by talking about those things. Love to do it, dude. How can people get a hold of you, Jeff? Uh, email Jeff Pratt at Ventura dot org and or phone number eight zero five six five four two zero seven three. Happy to awesome. talk to anybody. Yeah, love it. Well, I enjoyed the conversation and uh, I'm going to end it now. Thank you for joining me, man. Thank you for listening to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast. We hope that this show brought you some insight on relevant topics within the infrastructure world. Please join us every two weeks on Tuesday for the next episode. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast, please set up a 15-minute interview with your host at calendly.com slash chadsmeltzer. 